Hi, I'm James Schillinglaw, and I'm here with Will Jones, who's the brand manager for Student Universe. Well, what is Student Universe? Well, it's a massive, large uh, travel agency, obviously, for students. And we're going to have Will talk a little bit about that first. And then we're going to talk to him about a recent uh, study that Student Universe did on the youth and student travel market. And it's pretty fascinating, especially for all of you out there that might be interested in, in tapping this market, although Student Universe has a lot of it, that's for sure. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and do that. And we're going to talk about that survey and more on Insider Travel Report. Uh, well, first of all, uh, greetings. I know you're over in England there, and uh, I'm here in New York. Uh, but So we are traveling, and we're all going over the place. But let's talk first about it. Re remind us of what Student Universe is. Uh, what kind of travel agency is it, and who does it cater to? Thanks, James. Great to be here. Yeah, so Student Universe is uh, an online travel agency, uh, and we offer exclusive discounts on flights and hotels and other travel essentials to students and, and uh, young adults. So we do this through a global network of airline and accommodation partners uh, who we negotiate exclusive rates uh, with. And our so our core target audience is really students aged around 18 to 25, but more broadly, anyone really aged 18 to 30. Uh, and we operate in uh, four countries, so the US, where we where, where it all began, uh, Canada, the UK, and Australia, and we're a part of the wider uh, flight center travel group. Right, quite which we which you, we know very well. You're in in the states uh, for owning Liberty Travel and Go Go Vacations and things right. like that. So we know them very well. Now you you, you launched this study, and uh, tell us a little bit about this survey. Uh, uh, do you do this every year? This this survey? No, this is this is a first for us actually. So um, <clears throat> we really wanted to just kind of understand our industry a little bit better um, for our own for our own sake, uh, and and also to just help other people in, in our industry, other businesses. Um, so the, the the report itself is based on a survey which went to a, a four thousand students aged eighteen to twenty five um, and living in uh, one of the four countries we operate. So a, a thousand in the US, Canada, UK, and Australia. Uh, we also run focus groups to talk to the students in person and uh, to get a, just a more of a deeper understanding that you can't really get from online surveys. And we spoke to lots of leading experts within the travel industry too, so uh, CEOs, editors, tour operators, uh, and such like to get their insight. So, so that's that's kind of why we did it and how how it looks. Um, and yeah, are you uh, now? Is this something you plan to do periodically? I, I think. Um, Given kind of how it's landed, it's, it seems seems to be quite well read and quite popular. So I think we'll definitely do it each year now. So it's going to become an annual thing. So this is the first one of many, I'm sure. That's fantastic. Now let, let's talk a little bit about it because you are going over that student market, and 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 I'm an old guy. I don't remember what generation I'm even in. Uh, so <laughs> tell me a little bit. What? How do you define Generation Z, as we call it? Yeah, so Gen Z is, uh, there's no kind of exact definition, but broadly speaking, it's um, anyone born in the kind of mid to late 90s um, up to the early 2010s. Um, I think the generation before Gen Z was millennials, so that would be me. Um, I think before that, Gen X and then boomers. But the newest one coming up is Generation Alpha. They're little toddlers at the moment. Um, I know. So, I, I, <laughs> I, have, I have one. He's my grandson. So, <laughs> so he would, he would he's be already, He's already traveling, though, so it's all right. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> you might want to survey him. I don't know if he can really respond right now. But, you know, but so, yeah, we're, so we're looking at that survey. So age range is what, roughly? 
So the age range for this specific survey was 18 to 25. That's right. You mentioned that. Yeah. To, to anyone in full-time education, so students essentially age 18 to 25. Now, uh, can you can you tell us, define uh, what is the state of student travel today? Are students really back traveling even after the pandemic? Were they some of the first to return? Yeah, I think well, broadly speaking, um, you know, in a nutshell, the state of student travel today is very promising indeed. Uh, the pandemic, as far as we can see, only seems to have heightened the desire to get away, uh, to see the world, and demand seems to be as high as it's ever been and 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 uh, and growing. Uh, so, so yeah, really, really promising. We didn't know how we how we would land on after the pandemic if we would put people off um, going traveling because of all the problems. Involved, but it just knows people, particularly the younger people, are just just desperate to get away and see the world. Yeah, more than ever. Now that's fantastic. And then, so you know, I think you say it's in the survey. Well, what roughly is the size of the global youth and student market today? Yeah, pretty big. We 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 think around three hundred and seventy million um, student um, and and youth travellers um, are are travelling today. So that that makes up around a quarter of all international arrivals. So pretty pretty fair wedge. Um, in terms of buying power, approaching half a trillion, um, about 400 billion US dollars at the moment, um, and about 60% of that tends to be spent in destination. So not an insignificant market at all, and we knew that already, but now that they're back, uh, they're, they're, we've got to pay attention there. Now, would you say that students are more resilient travelers? Are they less prone to not going on a trip because of things like pandemic or natural disasters? Or uh, are they going to say, we're going to go anyway? What, what, do, what would you say to that? We, we found, um, particularly from a pandemic that, and, and other crises that have happened over the last few years, we found that students are always, and young people in general, always the first to kind of bounce back and always the first to um, you know, get back out there, um, showing my highest propensity to do so. Uh, so a very, very resilient demographic. Um, they don't, you know, un unlike older generations, they don't have as much they have to worry about at home. They might not have families yet or, or advanced careers yet. And they're, they're free already to go out and do these right. things. Highly resilient, yeah. Um, now, would you say that student travelers now are maybe a little more curious before? I mean, you know, look, in my student days, we wanted to go to the beach, uh, spring break, things like that. And, and we didn't, we, our budgets weren't that, that big. So we, we had to take, you know, we had to do the 25 hour drive to Florida or something like that. Uh, I know for a fact, having a, having a millennial myself that, that, uh, uh, they they spent a lot more money when they were student travelers. Now, would you say that that they're now more curious? They're more interested in culture and history, or do they still want that sun and fun? Um, I think that that's so. That's definitely a really interesting trend we've seen from this study. Is that that's where things are going? Uh, they they seem to be much more interested in culture, uh, sightseeing, really getting under the skin of a place, as opposed to just going and. Um, partying, clubbing, and, and whatnot. One of the things we asked was what what basically motivates you to go abroad, to go traveling. And we found that the, uh, the highest motivator, about 70% say, is to experience a new culture. Wow. Conversely, um, only about 20% say they go away to kind of go partying and clubbing and things like that, more uh, traditionally associated with youth travelers. So we're definitely seeing a big shift there in the market, and um, we're catering to that accordingly. No, it's good. It's good. I'm very happy. They're a little more culturally interested in yeah. stuff. Uh, unlike me, I was just adult, you know, what, what did you, I just wanted to get away from, from school for a little while, but now it seems like they really are interested in seeing the, the world. Now, what, what would you say, uh, are, are, stu uh, are students seeking more experiential things versus 
physical things, meaning they, they want to experience. Well, I mean, this has been a trend anyway for almost all travelers, but would you say they're experience oriented or more physical travel product oriented? Yeah, I would say that um, again, another another generational shift here. We, we're definitely seeing we're becoming more experientially minded. Um, one of the questions we asked actually was, do you prefer to spend disposable income on uh, disposable income on experiential or, or physical products? And 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 over a third said experiential. So we're seeing uh, a lot more. Um, young people and in generations past wanting to do stuff more than own stuff. If that makes sense. So, so yeah, that's another interesting shift we're seeing. Yeah, no. And, and of course, you know, back then we had no money, so that now they have a little money, but let's, let's talk about one thing you say in the survey, how likely are students to travel in the next 12 months? Yeah, we found uh, around 60% are likely to travel overseas in the next six months, slightly higher if we're talking domestically. So, for example, in the US, um, young people are around 75% are likely to travel domestically. But yeah, around 60% abroad, uh, which, which again is really promising, we think, and, and shows, shows that desire to get out and see the world. Now, uh, I'll go back to, to what I asked a little earlier about what do students have to spend on travel and how much on average do they spend on a trip? And also, where is this money coming from? Yeah, maybe they're just better off. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 you know, every, everybody's different, of course, and everybody has different uh, means of uh, income and, and, and financial support. It's, it's a misconception, really, that um, students and young people are... Uh, low spenders because they're typically on a budget, which is true. Uh, but the fact that they spend a lot longer in destination than the average tourist, they spend around 52 days on average in destination. Um, that means that their, their average trip spend is around $3,000, um, which is about three times higher than the average international tourist. So actually, um, they're, they're a more lucrative market than many people realize. Uh, in Australia, for example, uh, young travelers account for about 25% of all arrivals, but 45% of all spend. Um, and they can also, when they're spending a longer time in destination, if they're doing a working holiday or something like that, they can also um, attract more visitors and forms of friends and family who want to right. see them. So that brings more, more money in as well to, to, uh, to uh, regional economies. Now, in fact, I just got through, uh, I saw some sessions as the, over the past weekend uh, talking about the China youth travel market, and they have a lot to spend uh, there, there on their back. So that's kind of interesting. So you're absolutely right that the student market is is really has the, the bucks and, and has the propensity to spend on travel. Now, let, let's talk a little bit about where do students want to go these days? What, what are some of their top destinations, their most desired destinations? And then I guess the, the, the other thing is where do they actually go? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. So uh, when it comes to the, so, what, so our four markets, US, Canada, UK, and Australia, uh, we find that students from those four countries are very interested in the other three, typically speaking, um, and, and, and do go. Uh, so UK students very interested in North America and, and Australia, for example. Um, there are other countries outside of those four that seem to have this more universal appeal um, to students wherever they're from. Uh, two that have really stood out from a survey are Italy and Japan. They both uh, featured in the top five desired destinations of, of students from all four of those markets that we surveyed. So uh, a real kind of timeless and universal appeal there. In terms of where they actually go, pretty pretty much the same. I mean, um, of course, not everyone goes to where they want to go, but right. typically speaking, we see them follow through on, on if, if they do go, it's typically where they say they want to go. 
Nyakshin, and everybody seems to want to go to Japan these days. It's interesting. I, they opened yeah. up, and the country has been um, really, you know, crowded ever since. And and everybody wants to go, just like Italy is the other one that everybody goes to. Now, let's talk a little bit about um, your report. Sort of talks about the three pillars of student and youth travel. First of all, what are those pillars, and why are they significant? I think it was education, vacation, and leisure, right? Yeah, so education, um, voca uh, vocation and, and leisure. So vocation meaning things like working holidays and uh, volunteering placements and things like that, more kind of career-orientated uh, travel. Yeah, I, I, I said vacation. You, uh, you, you're correcting me. Vocation is what we're talking about. <laughs> it's for their future, right? <laughs> Easy to say. Yeah, that, that's right. That's right, yeah. Um, so educational travel, we would define as things like uh, traveling to and from school. Um, maybe that's just domestically within the U.S. You go to school in a different state to where you live. Uh, it could mean international students and, and things like that. It could mean uh, language learning. Uh, vocational travel, as I said, could be it's more kind of um, a working orientated stuff. So volunteering, working holidays, internships, things like that. Uh, and leisure is more, um, you know, as it says on the tin, you see standard vacations, festivals, um, beach breaks, city breaks, things like that. So I, I think it's important to note that these aren't necessarily mutually exclusive, but uh, it's nice to kind of categorize these things. But in the real world, it's a little bit messier so someone traveling for a volunteer placement there's probably going to be an element of leisure in there but primarily we find that people who go away is it's, it's primarily for one of those one of those key re, um one of those kind of key categories that they travel for absolutely now you know when we talked about one of them how much do students really travel to get sort of schooled in life i mean that the travel itself is an education i know you know when my son was uh, a semester abroad in europe actually he was in london uh you know half the time it seemed like he was off traveling on well ryanair back then uh and going all over uh, Europe. And you know what? I was happy. He was able to get around by himself and go all over and meet his girlfriend wherever he wanted. So that was kind of a, a good thing to me. I, I stopped being worried about him a little bit. Yeah, it's so true. And, and it's, it's something that's extremely common, uh, thankfully. Um, it is it's something that you pro most young people don't realize until they're, they're actually on the road and they've gone away how how beneficial these, exper these experiences are in growing you as a person, growing your confidence, um, growing your kind of transferable skills that can be utilized uh, later in life. Um, that, you know, one, one of our kind of uh, beliefs is that uh, you, you travel teaches you things that you can't learn in a classroom, and, it's, and it really is so true. Um, you could call it school of life, definitely. Uh, it's, right. uh, you just you develop a confidence and a, and a worldliness about you that um, is extremely hard to do if you don't leave home. No, absolutely. And I'm, I was very pleased that he got that. Of course, he he had a little leg up because he'd gone uh, to a lot more luxurious hotels and places over the, in his youth, you know, something like Disney, like 30 times or something. So he was a little more sophisticated, but I was very happy. Of course, then he complained about some of the type of travel he had to do because well, he, he was a little fun. spoiled, put it that way. <laughs> now, now let's let's talk a little bit about how Gen Z might be redefining travel today. How does this generation maybe differ from uh, previous uh, generations of student travelers, even, even in my day in the baby boomer era? Yeah, sure. So I think, you know, as, as, we, as we've already touched on, they're, they're more culturally orientated. They're more interested in um, meeting the locals and, and, and finding out a bit more about the place uh, beyond the, the, the bars and clubs. Um, I think they, they tend to think maybe a bit more strategically about their travel and about how they can, they, they tend to maybe frame their travels more within longer term goals and ambitions. So as we just spoke about on a vocational, um, from a vocational point of view, they think about 
doing experiences, but you know, think about their career path first and then think what travel experiences can benefit this. For example, in the survey, we found that um, uh, 87% believe that vocational experiences would improve their career prospects. So they, they really do believe that it will give them a foot up in the, in the working world. Um, so I, I would say that's, that's a big difference. They tend to travel with a lot more purpose than previous generations. No, and that's good. I mean, I'm, you know, but you don't want me when I was a youth traveler. I, you know, I, I wasn't traveling for a purpose. I was traveling. Well, I was traveling to meet girls, but that's another story. Uh, <laughs> I'm that, 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 yeah, it's very, very basic, you know, when it comes down to it. Now, let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, cost. And and obviously we've seen travel costs go, you know, soaring in, in this year and doesn't seem to affect travel yet. But how is Gen Z travel being affected by this growing cost of travel and, and of life? Definitely affected. Um, you know, we have, again from the survey, we found that when we asked them how what their biggest concerns were about traveling, financial cost was the highest at seventy five percent. Three quarters of them cited as their biggest concern. But what we're seeing is that uh, rather than putting to you know that putting to bed in, any desire to travel, it's kind of just um, what we're seeing is they're just thinking their way through it, thinking their way out of it, and becoming more savvy travelers. So very hot on discounts, very hot on um, offers. They're looking for other sources of support. So we've, we found that almost half expect some sort of support from their parents or uh, from their uh, parents or older relatives to help them with their travels. Right. That's the way uh, they're getting around it. Uh, we found 95% of them more likely to travel if they're off a discount. So this is a key learning, of course, for, for the industry at large. Um, but, you know, a lot of them are just, just have a kind of um, – um, I, I guess a fake latitude about it, which is that if, if they're going to be um, hard up, then they may as well be hard up somewhere um, different. To home. <laughs> That's we, right. You know, we uh, we spoke to one uh, in, in one of our focus groups. We spoke to a girl from New Zealand who was imminently uh, about to move to Europe, and she, she was saying how her friends and family at home were saying, "God, they're in a cost of living crisis over there. What are, what are you doing?" And she points out, well, "Well, so are we, and I'm poor yeah. here." So. You know, if I'm going to be poor, I might as well be poor in Europe. There's much more to do for me there. So there you uh, go. Very existential view of the world. I might as well be poor wherever I am. Right. So that's, and it's just a different place. Right. Yeah. So you you do have a a section of the report uh, looking at LGBTQ plus travel. Uh, Mm -hmm. How is that kind of travel? And obviously there are a number of students. Things are a lot more open today than when they were in my day. And uh, people are more accepting of LGBTQ. Uh, at least I hope they are, um, and and it's it's great. But what? How is that kind of travel changing for students? Yeah, it's it's something they're definitely increasingly conscious of. Uh, as you, as you say, you know, in the in the in the kind of Western world, if you like, because um, LGBTQ people are much more accepted, a lot less likely to be um, uh, closeted, and um, we're finding that. They're, they're thinking more and more about this when they go away. Not not even just um, LGBTQ people, but, but people who aren't probably have friends who are. So so they all want to look out for each other. Um, again, I'll say that we found that ninety five percent say that um, uh, the kind of attitudes and tolerance levels of governments and, and societies in certain countries, um, when it comes to things like LGBTQ rights, would have some at least some level of impact on their decisions to travel there. So it's something they're looking at. Um, very early in the travel planning process, uh, something they're very aware of, and, and it is beginning to impact whether they go to places or not. Yeah, and that, that's good. I mean, people, are, you know, uh, you hope that countries are going to be more accepting. Some surprising countries are getting more accepting, uh, but there are still, few, still a few out there where it's more challenging for LGBTQ travelers to go. Yeah, absolutely. Now, let's look at... Um, 
everyone wants this business if they're smart. And they, as you said, the size of the market is incredible. But how can travel companies really capture the attention of youth and student uh, uh, travelers today? What are the best media to use? I mean, obviously, we talk about social media, but social media is a pretty broad, uh, you know, broad scale. I mean, where, where do you go to uh, promote your products and make sure the youth, tra- the student travelers know what you have? Yeah, well, I would say TikTok now is all the rage. Um, everyone, uh, you know, all, all the young, all the young people are on TikTok and Instagram too. It's still very, very big. Right. Um, they're, they're the top two social media sites these days that, that this generation are on uh, using to find inspiration and advice. A recent um, uh, piece of research actually that Oz, uh, found out that. Um, Around 50% now of, of Gen Z are using TikTok before Google to uh, search for travel advice and inspiration. So TikTok was becoming a search engine, which is a really interesting transformation. Um, really just uh, if we could, um, uh, on, a, on a kind of thematic level, you could, you could call it vertical video. And so Instagram Reels, TikTok videos, YouTube right. Shorts, basically video you look at on your phone. That seems to be the format now, but... Um, is is having having the most effect in terms of grabbing our attention. Uh, I would say that the you know for for the last few years, influencer marketing has been quite big, but we're seeing a, a kind of maturing of that now, and it's turning into more um, kind of co co content creation, I guess. So, so companies using their actual customers to help market for them, to talk to their peers in in, in their own voice, um, kind of delivering delivering messages and, and whatnot, but in a, in a way they think will resonate with their own age group. And I think this is a good way to go. You know, above all, um, authenticity seems to be the key the key thing that just just be transparent, truthful, and authentic, and that's obviously a good thing to be. So I think if you're ticking those boxes, uh, you're you're going to get very attention. Yeah, it's, it's true. I, I am on TikTok, but barely. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still the Facebook generation and I barely got in that. So, um, but interesting to see how you can market uh, that way. Now you, you do come up at the end of your report with sort of seven predictions for student travel. Can you, can you go over quickly those seven predictions about what we're going to see in the, in the future or near future? Yeah, sure. So, um, one of them was that we think we're going to see uh, huge leaps in the personalization of, of things like tri- trip planning um, and, and we think that will be revolutionized by AI. Uh, so we think that um, it won't be long. And it, I think it's already happening in some quarters, but there'll be software that can understand you as a person on a much deeper level than um, a more traditional travel agent might be able to, to do and to suggest extremely personalized itineraries for you and suggestions of what to do and why, and maybe even how to frame those travels in the way I was talking about to uh, potential employees once you're back. So I think that's big, so big per- personalization is one. And actually that echoes uh, a lot of the other markets that I see, you know, where uh, the, the trips are becoming much more per- personalized. You, you can't just give a one, one trip does not fit all. So you have to, uh, make sure that you personalize it now. So that's one. So what's number two? Uh, number two would be that Africa is going to, we think, emerge uh, as a major outbound international student destination. So currently, the big players in this market are China and India, and we think Africa's um, going to be uh, quick to follow. So in Africa, 60% of the populations under 25 have got the world's fastest growing middle class, uh, but not not necessarily the higher the uh, higher educational infrastructure to cater to, to cater to everyone who's going to need it. So we think that a lot of young people in Africa will start looking over particularly to the US, which is very, very highly regarded 
uh, among this population, particularly sub-Saharan Africa. So that would, that would be number two. Um, number three? Number three, so we think that governments are going to just increasingly see the value in, in, in developing worldly um, or worldly-minded citizens. So as we were talking about, you tend to return from these overseas experiences much more uh, mindful of other cultures, much um, kind of easier to just be around and much more tolerant um, and just just a better person around. And I think that's, you know, on, on the whole, a great thing for, for, for countries to, to have globally minded citizens. So governments will start seeing the value in, in doing that and, and helping to facilitate programs to make it happen. Uh, we think uh, the number four, the airlines and tourism boards are going to start investing a lot more in students and youth as they begin to understand the, the real value of this market. As I was talking about earlier, they can be seen as, um, not valuable because they're budget conscious and, and whatnot, but actually they spend a lot more time in destination. They spend a lot more overall than average tourists. So we think we'll see a big pick up there. Okay. Um, we think number five, so youth leisure, youth leisure travel, um, as we've discussed, will become a lot more purpose-driven, a lot more purposeful. Um, so uh, not just going away just to go kind of wild and, and, and pursue that hedonistic style of things, but to really get under the skin of a place and understand it better. Um, we think for number six of the seven that um, student brands or, and just really any travel brands are going to be are going to start accelerating growth a lot more through strategic partnerships. Um, so just basically joining forces with with uh, relevant relevant brands um, to kind of leverage one another's audiences and grow quicker. Right. And we and we think uh, lastly that travel experiences are going to become kind of rocket fuel, really, for career, career progression. We think that as younger people learn more and more how to talk about these experiences on their CVs and on their resumes, uh, resumes and in job interviews and, and things like that, that um, it will become almost a, a cultural norm, if you like, and, and, and an expectation that uh, they've got at least some travel experience so, to help with careers too. No, absolutely. I think it's, I, I've interviewed people like that and the more well-traveled they are, obviously we're in the business. So, you know, we'd like to see someone who actually has been around, um, but it, a well-traveled and educated and uh, someone who's exposed to all these things is a lot more attractive as a job candidate than uh, someone not. Now, um, Will, I want to thank you for spending some time with us today to talk about this survey. And uh, for our viewers out there, where can they first go learn more about uh, Student Universe? And second of all, where can they find uh, more about this uh, study, this survey? Sure. So, um, so the student, and it's my pleasure, by the way. Thank you for having me on. Um, people who want to learn more about Student Universe, visit our website, studentuniverse.com, um, or our, you can find us on the app stores as well. Um, and in terms of the report, there's a link on our on our homepage, which should be fairly prominent, so you can just go through and view the report online, um, and uh, and you can read it there for free. Fantastic. Well, well, again, thank you for, uh, you know, going through this, this very good report. I mean, uh, I hadn't seen anything like it, uh, certainly not, not, not recently. And of course you guys are, are some of the experts in student travel. So, and it sounded like you have a pretty good core survey group, uh, that to, to go through this survey. So this, this can be, this is really something that I think everybody should take a look at if you want to under, really truly understand, uh, the student and youth travel market today. Again, Will, thank you so much and hope to catch up with you soon. Thanks, James. Great story. I'm James Schillinglaw, and this is Insider Travel Report.